Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, please help us today to understand the difference Jesus coming into the world really made for us. So open our hearts and minds so that we can learn more about you, because we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, sometimes in life it's not too difficult to know who's responsible for inventing something that uh, we're used to. For example, the telephone was invented by Alexander Graham Bell. Tim Berners-Lee gave us the uh, World Wide Web. But sometimes there might be something that we're very familiar with, uh, we use a lot, uh, but we know very little about the person who actually gave it to us. I mean, did you know, for example, that the toothbrush was invented by a man called William Addis? He was actually in jail at the time, having uh, caused a riot in Spitalfields, and so he invented the toothbrush. Or the windscreen wipers, they were actually originally invented by a lady from Alabama uh, called Mary Anderson. Or perhaps the most exciting of all inventions was was the bendy straw uh, by Joseph Friedman in in San Francisco. Well, today we're looking at the Bible uh, and we're seeing something that we don't know very much about. uh, Sorry, we don't know very much about the person who gave it to us, a man called Simeon, who's only mentioned once in the Bible on this particular occasion And what he gave us wasn't actually originally given as a song. 
Uh, but the Christian church has subsequently turned it into one, known as the Nunc Dimittis, as Peter was telling us. Cranmer included it in the prayer books that he produced. In the 1662 prayer book, it's the third canticle of the service of evening prayer. And in these days, maybe we're most familiar with it because it's used in funeral services sometimes. Well, what's happening here? Now, let's have a look at the background of the story first of all. Mary and Joseph have gone into the temple to attend a ceremony they were required to undergo. Now, you might think that having a baby is complicated enough, uh, but Jewish families had to undergo three ceremonies if they had a baby boy, which in our culture might seem rather strange. Uh, the first, if the baby was a boy, after eight days he would have to be circumcised by the rabbi. Then there was a ceremony known as the redemption of the firstborn. According to Jewish law, uh, the firstborn son belonged to God and had to be offered to him. Now, clearly, if this was carried out literally and the child was taken away from his parents, uh, family life would be rather unpleasantly disrupted. Uh, so the law allowed for a ceremony called the redemption of the firstborn where parents could buy back their son from the priests for the payment of five shekels. And this could take place when the child was a month or so old. And then there was a ceremony known as the purification after childbirth. Uh, when a woman had born a child, if that child was a boy, uh, the woman would be deemed to be unclean for 40 days, which meant she couldn't go into the temple or take part in any religious ceremony during that time. And then at the end of that time, she had to come along to the temple and offer a lamb and a pigeon as sacrifices. And that was expensive. So the law laid down that if the people were very poor, they could offer two pigeons instead. And we read today that those were the offerings that, that Mary brought along. So we know that Jesus, Jesus was brought up in, in a poor household. So that was what brought Mary and Joseph into the temple that day. And there they meet this man, Simeon. I've said we don't know much about him. He, he may have been a priest, uh, but the Bible doesn't say so. And there's a general assumption that he was getting on a bit in age, but there's no direct evidence for that, although I suspect he was. So what do we know? Well, he lived in Jerusalem, we're told. He was righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He obviously took his relationship with God very seriously, and people could tell from his manner and his behavior uh, that he had a close relationship with God, something I guess we should all aspire to. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, what's meant by that? I think it's fair to say that pretty well every Jew believed that their own nation were God's chosen people. But they saw that in their own strength they would never attain uh, the greatness that in their opinion being God's people warranted. And so they believed that one day a special person, God's chosen person, uh, would, the Messiah would come to the world uh, but people had very different ideas as to what that, how that would happen. Some believed that God might send some supreme celestial champion to earth. Or it could be a great warrior, maybe somebody like King David. There, there were all kinds of ideas. 
But in contrast, there were a few people who were known as the quiet in the land. And they had no dreams of physical power or great armies. They believed in, in a life of, of constant prayer and quiet watchfulness until this person should come. And Simeon was like that. He was quietly waiting prayerfully for God to send the Messiah in whatever way he chose. And when he did, the comfort he would bring would be the consolation of Israel. And Simeon most certainly was very aware that God was telling him that during his lifetime, he would see the Messiah. We don't know how long ago he might have first felt that, probably some time, but it was firmly implanted in his mind. And on that particular day, he felt God telling him to go into the temple courts. And when he did, a thought came into his mind. This baby that I can see over there, this baby is the person I've been waiting for. And he took the baby in his arms. And that brings us to what Simeon says. In fact, what he says is in two parts. He makes a, a, a declaration of praise to God, which anybody nearby could have heard. And then he turns to Mary and gives a special message to her. Well, what lies at the heart of what Simeon is saying? We, we see that in verse 30. For mine eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation was what Simeon had been waiting for. And it was salvation that Jesus had come to bring. It's very similar to the message given to, the, to uh, Mary earlier on from the angels. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. What are the characteristics of this salvation? Jesus didn't come to save us from illness or physical death. He didn't come to save us from difficulties at work or, or difficulties finding work. He didn't come to save people from persecution or difficult relationships. He came to save us from the consequence of our own sinfulness, eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death, Paul told the Romans. In other words, death is the natural consequence of our sinfulness. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Salvation was something that enabled Simeon to feel that he was now able to die in peace. And what we really need to understand as we read this is that what Simeon is saying is so different from the way of salvation that the average person in Jerusalem at the time would have thought. And he highlights three things in particular that were so different from the conventional view. The first thing is that salvation is available for everybody. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. I think it's Simeon's poetic inclinations that make him use different words here for Jew and Gentile. I don't think for one moment he was suggesting that the Israelites and the Gentiles needed different things. I think he probably had Isaiah 49 in mind where God speaks of, I will make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. 
Simeon is reminding them, he's reminding us that Jesus came to offer salvation to everyone. And it's difficult for us 2,000 years later to understand what a difficult concept that would have been for the average Jew to understand. Even Jesus' closest followers had difficulty getting to grips with the idea. They'd been brought up to believe that they were God's chosen people, as we talked about earlier. Well, they were, but not chosen to be the exclusive beneficiaries of God's favor, but chosen to take God's blessing to the whole world. And along the line, they seem to have forgotten that. And every time we read that salvation is offered to everyone, we must ask ourselves, is my view of the gospel too limited? Are there people I believe are beyond the scope of the gospel? Are there prejudices in my heart that restrict the message of the gospel? Those who irritate me, those who I find difficult, those we read about having committed awful crimes against humanity, Jesus came to offer salvation to them too. Jesus came to offer salvation to everyone. And that includes me. Maybe I feel that I'm, I'm not good enough for Jesus, that he would never want me, that I'm not part of his plan. Wrong. He came to offer salvation to you. So that was the first thing that Simeon said that was against the conventional view. Salvation is offered to everyone. The second, he says, is this, is that Jesus would turn the standards of the world on their head. He says to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. When he talks about the falling and rising of of many in Israel, we might well ask the question, is he referring to, to an individual's experience here or is he talking about the population as a whole? If it's an individual's experience that he had in mind, he could be describing the journey, spiritual journey of, of everyone who becomes a Christian. When we become a Christian, then in humility and repentance, we have to acknowledge our own complete unworthiness and inadequacy in God's eyes. And he lifts us up in forgiveness and empowerment through his spirit. We have to fall before we can rise. I think it's much more likely, though, that Simeon had in mind two different groups of people here. There were those who regarded themselves as the top dogs who would find Jesus' message unacceptable. Those who placed their faith in riches rather than Jesus. Those who hated their enemies. Those who enjoyed looking pious. Those who saw themselves as a result of their position in life as being the spiritual elite. Those who enjoy what we might be tempted to enjoy ourselves, the sign of being successful people. If they didn't turn to Jesus, those people from their lofty position would fall. They wouldn't receive the salvation that Jesus came to offer. But Simeon said some would rise. Who were the most likely to benefit from this gospel message? Those who were meek and merciful the peacemakers, those who loved their enemies, who cared for the poor. 
those who put their trust in God rather than in riches. In other words, those you would least expect to rise to the top of any social rat race. Well, what comfort does that bring us? It tells us that when we feel inadequate in God's eyes, confused maybe by our own unworthiness, unable to cope with the expectations of the world, submerged with feelings of low self-esteem, we can rise in Jesus' strength because Jesus came to save the lowly. Do you remember the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector? Jesus said the tax collector went home justified before God. For, as he said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This was revolutionary talk. Simeon said Jesus would be a sign that will be spoken against. God was favoring people that society didn't rate. So salvation is offered to everybody. Conventional standards will be turned upside down. Now the third thing. Salvation would cost. We need to be aware that this is yet another concept that the religious Jew would have difficulty accepting. They had the view that the Messiah who was coming would be some sort of superman. And the idea that he might suffer an undignified death would be totally abhorrent to them. As far as they were concerned, because he was all-powerful, he would be able to defeat all threats to his existence. Why, why shouldn't he? But Jesus allowed himself to be crucified because he wanted to defeat the power of death. And Simeon told Mary, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Oh, the pain. Up to now, everything's been going great for Mary. She's had a visit from the angel. She's been told that she's found favor with God. She's had the birth of a baby which had the adoration of shepherds and magi. And now she's being given a warning of the pain that she herself was going to feel. We think of Jesus paying a horrendous price for us. Think of what it cost Mary. Every parent feels pain from time to time part of the cost of being a parent and it's a price most of us are prepared to pay we wouldn't actually have it any other way but Mary's own son would die on a cross scorned and rejected as the price of securing our salvation it's a price that had to be paid if I come round to your house and drop your best cut glass vase you may forgive me. That would be a really nice gesture. I would, I would appreciate that. I would, I would really appreciate it. It's, you might say to me, it's okay, well, you don't need to worry. You don't need to pay anything towards the replacement. I'd be very grateful for that too. But you could only say that, of course, if somebody else was prepared to pay for the replacement themselves. Somebody has to pay. Well, Jesus paid the cost for us when he hung on that cross. So what a tremendous insight Simeon's given us in this passage. In fact, not, not only in recognizing Jesus for who he was, that was an amazing gift that the Holy Spirit gave him then. Incredible. But also in 
understanding the counter-cultural nature of the message that Jesus was going to bring. Salvation that Jesus was bringing is offered to everybody. He would turn the standards of the world on their head and our salvation would cost, but Jesus would pay the cost for us. Because of what Jesus was going to do, Simeon felt he could face the prospect of death in peace. Do we? Is that how we feel? Have we accepted the salvation that Jesus freely offers us? Maybe you feel you'd like to know more about this salvation. You don't feel that you know all there is that you feel you ought to. Well, as you know, church leaders are always very happy to have a chat with you at any time you like. But um, during January, there is going to be a course called Hope Explored. And you're more than welcome to sign up for that if you want to. It's on the back of the card telling you all about the Christmas services, which probably you've read many times over. Uh, But Hope Explored is mentioned on the back. And if you'd like to um, sign up for that, have a word with the church leadership or the church office if you'd like to get in touch with them. It's explained how you do that on the card. So Jesus offered salvation to everyone, including me. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Our next hymn, please stand. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.